Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today's podcast and today's YouTube video, we are answering the question, what is actually happening with housing? Is it correcting? Is it crashing? Is it pivoting? Is it shifting? What's the word we want to associate with housing? So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through the actual bullets, the actual points, the bottom line drill down facts about what's happening in real estate. And Julie and I will give you some predictions of what's going to happen next. Thus far, since I think the start of COVID, our housing predictions have been pretty spot on. Moral of the story is, is that you are about to experience a very significant housing uh, shift that is going to be something that's going to be, I think, positive for many of you more than negative. And we're going to explain why in a second. Uh, I'll foreshadow the point of there's going to be an increase in inventory. There's an enormous uh, demand for available homes. There'll be probably what's going to feel like another buying boom that's going to start sometime in the next six months or less. Um, but we're going to get to the drill down facts on that in a second. Before Julie gets to point number one, I want to remind all of you, your action steps after this podcast are absolutely to join Premier Coaching. Just simply text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Premier Coaching is 100% free for all of you. So make sure you text the word Premier to 47372. Or if you'd like to, or if you're outside of the continental United States, you can just go to members.timandjulieharris.com members.timandjulieharris.com. And remember, all of our show notes are available over on our main website, Tim and Julie Harris. So if you're looking for all the notes that Julie is going to start sharing with you here in a second, please do know that those are available for you. Again, we create these uh, podcast YouTube videos and all of our uh, content to help you feel confident because knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. That's right. So today we'll discuss all the facts, no fiction or speculation, really. You're going to learn all the interesting statistics that have just been released by the National Association of Realtors. There is definitely a market shift happening right now, but it's not the same everywhere. There's more inventory, price reductions, and fewer competing offers. Those are the headlines, but so is the fact that prices continue to rise. So how do you make sense of all of that? Well, According to the National Association of Realtors, the number of properties for sale shot up by a record-setting 30.7% this July. Those are the latest numbers. Now, that's compared with the same month last year, according to the latest Realtor.com report. That's the most significant increase in active listings in the data's history. So in addition to the dramatic rise in inventory, the share of homes seeing price reductions, or as we like to call them, adjustments, was a surprising 19.1%. But keeping that in perspective, remember that that also means that 80% did not reduce their prices, at least not yet. Well, so there's a whole bunch of facts that Julie just gave you, a dramatic increase in inventory. But let's put frames around that. What we're seeing is the market return back to what, what it really was like in terms of inventory, supply and demand, 
really around 2019 before COVID. That's what we're going, well, obviously far before COVID, mm -hmm. but that's what we're going to start feeling and experiencing. It's going to feel like a more balanced market. There is going to be more available inventory out there. So your buyers that are fence sitting and they're nervous about not enough homes for sale, they're nervous about what direction interest rates are going to go. You're going to find a lot of those buyers are going to start coming back in the market very quickly because yes, of course, they are looking into uh, you know realtor.com for the new listings and Zillow for the new listings. They're going to see all these homes coming for sale. They're going to feel more com comfortable and confident with regards to the mortgage they're going to take. And they're also going to probably, especially if they're renting, they're going to notice that their rental uh, has, you know, the price of the rental has increased. This is going to put a lot of motivation on a lot of fence-sitting, I'd say, first-time buyers or renters into buyers and for, for them to purchase homes. Now, why is that important? Because that's the first domino that falls that leads all the way up to even luxury home sales. Now, really, at the end of the day, what, what's going to happen is that first-time homebuyer seller that's selling their house is then going to move up, and that person's going to move up, and that person's going to move up. This is exactly what needs to be happening in the market right now to really get the uh, sales velocity to increase. And we do believe, and I, again, I am foreshadowing Julie's future point, but we do believe what appears to be happening is a setup for a real, maybe it's just a spike, I don't know, maybe it'll just last a number of months, I don't know, but it certainly feels like we're setting up for another pretty significant rebound in housing. Absolutely. I think most of this news and all of these facts and figures we're going through today is good news. And so back to inventory for a second, the number of homes for sale in the 50 largest U.S. metros jumped 41% in July. Now, when they we refer to metros, that includes the central city, the surrounding suburbs, towns, smaller urban areas. The percentage means that buyers had 176,000 more houses to choose from over last year. Now, doesn't that mean that home price inflation or appreciation should be coming to a screeching halt? A lot of headlines are trying to make you believe that, but not so as it turns out. The $449,000 current median list price of homes is still up by 16.6% over last year. So, so that's incredible. But let's stall out there too, because mm -hmm. that's, I always am, um, every time you read a point like that and you and I think about a point like that, we have a perspective of having done this for you know several decades. <laughs> yes. And it is staggering that the average sale price is that high. Absolutely. It, it just straight up and is. That, and that it's still that high with that kind of in inventory increase as well. Well, but that goes to the fact that inflation and everything else has increased mm -hmm. in price. So housing by itself isn't in a bubble necessarily. What we're experiencing is an inflation in the cost of everything. Now, hopefully inflation is leveling off, but who knows if that's even going to be a long-term trend. Moral of the story here is the bottom line, what Julie just said, 16.6% uh, home price inflation or appreciation uh, compared to last year. I want you all to think about that. Now, if you don't have the perspective of having been in the industry for a long time, let me tell you, that's extraordinary. Most real estate in most of the country, if it appreciates or increases in value at all, just keeps up with the rate of inflation, which is usually less than 3% per year. In other words, it really doesn't increase in, increases in cost. But it doesn't really uh, build. If you're caught, if you bought a house for say four hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it increases by the same rate of the overall inflation rate, you haven't really increased the buying power of the added equity in the property. It's kind of convoluted, but the reality of it is, is true appreciation is this. If, for example, the inflation rate was say three percent, and you had a five hundred thousand dollar house, and it increased by you know fifteen thousand dollars, and the rest of inflation, the inflation on food and everything else also increased by 3%. Well, everything's kind of keeping up with itself, right? Makes sense. 
But if your $500,000 house was now all of a sudden worth increased by, say, 16% or 20%, and now that $500,000 house is worth 600000 and the overall inflation rate is still only 3%, well, you see how you're getting ahead of the market. You're actually making a gain on the value of the property that's above and beyond what the actual inflation rate is. Well, what we're experiencing now is arguably, when you hear Julie say, the $449,000 medium list price of homes is up 16.6% compared to the last year. The reality of it is, and I think you need to really ask yourself this, is probably the inflation rate in the United States has been, up until maybe recently, as high in actual terms as 17% maybe higher. Now, how can that possibly be when the Fed says the, uh, the inflation rate's 9%? It's because they don't take into consideration the actual increase in the cost of housing when they're figuring out the inflation rate. Um, owner's equivalent of rent and all these other types of really strange, you know, ways that go about figuring out the inflation rate. So if you want to know what your actual inflation rate is, just look to see how much money you're spending on your cost of living this year versus last year. Julie and I are traveling through California right now. Now, granted, California is generally speaking a lot more expensive, but oh my gosh, I can't believe how much more expensive it is. Yes. I was showing you the cost of groceries last night. We, we just had our usual, you know, deli cheese and meat, and it was like, $19 a pound or something? It yeah, was crazy. It was incredible. Well, that's, you know, if Julie were to compare that to what that same product would have cost this time last year, I bet you it's almost exactly 17% more. You guys get the point? Mm -hmm. So when you are celebrating the fact that your home has increased in value by, you know, 17%, do celebrate it. That's better than it obviously decreasing in value by 17%. But understand that is inflation. You're experiencing inflation. So don't believe the, you know, what the government is necessarily saying about what uh, the inflation rate is. Just look to see what your own personal inflation rate is, and that's actually what you're experiencing. So if it feels like things are more expensive everywhere, it's because they are, and not just 10% more expensive, upwards to 20% more expensive in some cases. That's right, and that also speaks to some of your buyer prospects who are saying, well, I'm just going to wait for prices to drop. Prices aren't dropping. Prices just went up 16.6% year over year. I'm going to make an interesting point. I read an article this morning. I forget where. It was talking about um, Tesla having to raise prices and how they've been doing their best not to have to raise prices, but they were doing an analysis on that uh, the Tesla Model Y, which is their mid-range sport utility vehicle. Mm -hmm. So when that thing came out, that was $54,000. And now the entry-level price on a Tesla Model Y, I think the start price is like in the mid-60s. And to get one with just reasonable options, the thing is something like 74000 So effectively, the uh, vehicle has increased by more than 25, well, arguably 25 or 30% in just a past few years since it's come out. Well, that's caused... It's caused by obviously a whole bunch of you know things. You can blame supply chain. You can blame whatever you want to. But effectively, that's inflation. And that's what's happening on real estate as well. So we're only explaining all this extra nerdy stuff just so you can have a grasp mentally on what this actually will mean to your lifestyle. Because remember, you're in a blessed uh, position because along with the increased cost of real estate are the increased uh, size of your commission checks. Unlike pretty much everyone else you know, who is suffering a lot of the cases from inflation because they're not actually their their income hasn't risen with inflation. Their income has stayed the same as it was maybe a year and a half ago, and everything else has gotten twenty percent more expensive. And so as a result of that, they're feeling twenty percent poorer. That is actually what's happening, and that actually is the reason that so many people are now borrowing money um, at a I think a historic rate. I think I read um, in June or something 
the uh, new consumer debt was uh, 600, or I don't remember the number, it was maybe 60 billion or something. I think it was 60 billion. And hundreds of thousands of new credit cards and credit lines right. being open too. Right. So guys, listen, you're in the right place at the right time. Just keep your head um, in the right place so you can focus on being of service to other people and making money because you are going to, in our opinion, we're going to start going into what will definitely feel like another real estate boom. But if you are depressed and if you're you know, feeling melancholy because of this, that, or the other, or watching too much news, you're going to miss what we believe will be probably one of the biggest spring markets and summer markets leading into next year that we've ever seen before. This is the staging ground for it. It actually might start sooner too. Um, and again, we're going to get into the specifics here in a second. Remember, it's not too late for you to join Premier Coaching. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Remember, you can join Premier Coaching 100% for free. So just text the word Premier to 47372. Or if you're outside of the United States, just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. And remember, Premier Coaching includes all the scripts, all the objection handlers, everything that you need for this quickly adjusting market. This is what all of you have been looking for. If you're wondering what direction the market's going to go, who knows is the answer. But we do know what direction you should be going, and that's towards Premier Coaching. So text the word Premier to 47372, or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Remember, guys, Premier Coaching does include a daily semi-private coaching call with your Harris Certified Coach, and that does not cost you a dime. So just go to, obviously, just text the word Premier, to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. And remember, when texting, message and data rates may apply. Yes, so with all this new inventory, what happens to the average days on the market? Shouldn't that have skyrocketed with more homes to choose from in virtually every market in the country? As Zoe would say, nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> While the average days on the market ha have climbed a little bit, it still takes only 35 days on average to sell a home in the United States. That is still faster than it took to sell in pre-pandemic times. So yes, it's inching up, but nothing dramatic. So how does all of this make sense? Well, according to Danielle Hale, who is the chief economist of Realtor.com, she said, quote, anytime you are at a pivot point, indicators can appear to diverge as each one picks up the market shift in a slightly different way and at a slightly different time. She went on to say, when you put it all together, you see a housing market going from white hot to just about room temperature. Now the prevailing thought in your mind should be, well, what about my market? Again, at the top of our talk today, we were discussing the fact that not everything's gonna move the same way at the same time. So what about your market? Monitor your own statistics on a weekly basis so you'll know how to advise your buyers when making offers, as well as how to price your own listings accurately. In a market shift, no two zip codes will act the same. Price ranges, types of properties, they can look very different. Sides of the street. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy things condos that happen. Condos versus to, houses. Exactly. Um, you know, how old the condos are, all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. uh, again, Julie's saying monitor your market. Learn how to do, you know, we call it a hot sheet. It's called a, a billion different things. But Julie's going to get to the specifics. But here's something really amazing. For example, the inventory in Phoenix has gone up an amazing 158%, Austin 154%, Raleigh, North Carolina by 137%. Now we have properties in Raleigh and Austin. So Julie, what are your, actually Charlotte and Austin, mm -hmm. but what are your, uh, like, so in Austin, what does that mean? So yes. the total available homes. <laughs> Well, let's see, probably about five months or so ago, it had dropped to a really low 600, 650 active listings. Now we're at about 3,100. So that's a, a significant increase over only four or five months. 
And every time I look at the Austin hot sheet, I, I'm comparing stuff like that. I'm looking at how many new listings are coming on, how many total actives are there. And most importantly, I think, in terms of advising your sellers and setting expectations, what I look at then is average days on the market. And what I've seen is not a huge increase. It's gone from when we were down at 600 listings, it was about maybe 15 days on the market. And now I think Austin is 37 days on the market with that huge of an increase of inventory. It just goes to show what an enormous pent-up demand there is. It is absolutely a reflection of supply versus demand. And no something that's it. fascinating about Austin, too, because I get those Realtor.com uh, new listing alerts as well. Well, first of all, you are seeing a ton of price reductions. Yes, but even so, it's still averaging. The average in Austin is uh, one side or the other of like 700,000. And it bubbles around like 698 to 705. But you're making, that's my point. So what you're seeing is you're seeing, and this is really the sweet spot to have a lot of new inventory appear, yeah. is that mid-range price range. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to motivate all, all essentially the people that are moving up to that more expensive house to put their house for sale. Yes. So that's exactly what you want. You can have a big bunch of new uh, first-time home buyers come for sale or at least a whole bunch of first-time home buyers under the market. But if they don't have homes to sell or homes to buy, sorry, uh, then obviously that's going to slow the whole market down. But when you see the mid-range market start to open up, chances are those people are going to move to more expensive inventory, and that's going to create a whole bunch of momentum in the lower end of the market as well. The traditional way of thinking about real estate is you look for the uh, momentum building in the bottom end, but the reality of it is, is really effectively since the last, I think, uh, probably 10 years, maybe longer, where you want to look for the momentum is on the upper end because that creates the velocity because the, the largest percent, you have two big waves of buyers out there and sellers really, baby boomers and, and the millennials, right? And so now the baby boomers, if they start in the millennials in that 700000 price range in Austin, if they start putting their houses for sale in Generation X and some baby boomers, obviously, where are they going to go? They're not downsizing. They're moving up to something that's going to be more expensive, most likely. Yes. Well, inventory creates inventory, doesn't it? Exactly. The, you know, the story for the past, basically, at least decade, especially the past three to five years is, well, I mean, how many times did you guys hear this? I would move, but where would I go to? I would list with you today, but I have nothing to buy. So when that person sees... 176,000 more listings countrywide, right? And they start to be looking as they, you know they are online and they see, well, you know what? I could go out this weekend and I could have four or five choices versus before where I had no choices in a competitive situation. You do have to pivot your approach to sellers because a lot of sellers might be thinking incorrectly, by the way, that, well, you know, it's worth mentioning. A lot of home sellers right now in the marketplace have never experienced a real estate market in a pivot or a transition. They themselves are ignorant as to what it means to basically be in the market to buy or sell in a market like this. So you're going to have to give them the uh, tutelage to make sure that they're not uh, overreacting and they're making smart decisions. Because in a market like this, there is going to be a lot of sales velocity. People are going, say for example, you've been sitting on your $800,000 house in Austin thinking that you can't find anything. And you know, all of a sudden you get a new listing alert from uh, realtor.com and now you're motivated to go out and obviously purchase that house. Well, that means you're going to be putting the house for sale. That means you're going to then have a buyer that's going to be moving up from a, you know, a lesser expensive home. I hope you're realizing this is going to create an enormous amount of sales velocity, transactional volume. And we're also seeing that it turns out the interest rates don't really matter that much for a whole variety of reasons. But the biggest one being, if, if we want to start on the low end of the market, rents have increased 25% year over year, which means that probably for the most part, even with interest rates being slightly higher than they were a year ago, well, really almost double, 
you're still looking at rent payments being higher or the same as what an equivalent mortgage payment would be. Well, that doesn't give much of a, that gives a lot of motivation for someone renting to go out and buy something. And on up, well, guess what? That person, that $800,000 house, probably they have at least 50% equity. So interest rates might be higher, but they're probably going to put down an enormous down payment on whatever they're about to buy. So it really doesn't affect them as much as you might think in terms of monthly payment. This is the reality of coming out of a market like this when there's been, been this level of inflation. Well, and I'm excited from a coaching standpoint, Tim. This is really what I've been looking for, what you've been looking for, all of our Harris Certified Coaches have been looking for, because it's going to make it easier for agents to have their own sales velocity, right? So here's how you sort all of this out. Your job is to monitor your daily hot sheets from your MLS to find the facts. Now, you might not have noticed your hot sheet. It might be in your spam folder in your, in your email but your MLS is sending that to you every day. If you can't find it, call them, get all set up. So here's what you monitor in your own market. Is the inventory of active homes for sale rising, falling, or staying the same? Are the average days on the market rising, falling, or staying about the same? What is the average list to sell price ratio? That's the difference between the list price and what things are actually closing for. What we're seeing is less of the 110% list price. So if you know 10% over list, and closer to the actual list price, which is reflective of the fact that you might think you're supposed to be lowballing because there's more inventory, but you're not going to end up winning. You're still going to end up close to list uh, price ratio. Try to speak a little louder. Okay, sorry. Uh, next, what price range, type of property, or zip codes are seeing the most price reductions? You might be in a market where only the luxury end of things is coming down. You might see that there's a big bubble in the middle and people are adjusting prices. You're only going to notice that looking at your hot sheet daily. It is worth mentioning. There is no housing bust on the horizon. No. Again, we have said this every time, uh, every podcast where we talk about the market. Yes, it's possible that there'll be some regional housing corrections or houses might even depreciate a little bit. But the reality of it is, is this is not uh, 2007. You're not going to see a big uh, drop in uh, housing value. So if you yourself are waiting for there to be some Florida dropout on real estate, you're going to be waiting, well, probably forever. That's the reality. That's right. And you know, what's interesting is that when you do see these price adjustments, because I look at not just what's adjusting, but by how far, by and large, they're not. It's not like 2008 where you'd have a hundred thousand dollar price reduction because it was already a short sale and they just wanted it to be gone. We're seeing like little micro price adjustments. Well, and again, for now. the price reductions are still uh, meaning that the seller in the past year has experienced 17 percent appreciation or inflation on their house. Yeah, so if they come down 3% to sell it, it's really not the end of the world, is it? They're going to be okay. They'll be okay. And uh, again, it, this is we did a podcast, and uh, we probably should replay it because it's more – actually, we did an updated version recently. Yes. Why there's going to be no housing uh, crash, let alone a significant correction. Um, and again, you, this is something that you really need to have your head screwed on straight about. Otherwise, you're going to actually get into a mindset point in a, in a second. But you're going to have a really convoluted mindset about the opportunity in this market. It's a micro percent of all mortgages that are uh, adjustable rate mortgages. Uh, I forget what was the percent. It's less than 10%. Less than 10%. So, and less than 2% are distressed. So that means that you're looking across the country, a lot of people that have really, really low uh, mortgage interest rates. If anything, your challenge is going to be getting those buyer or those sellers with interest rates less than 3% out of those mortgages. But that's a different conversation. Hopefully, they're going to really fall in love with that new listing you're about to email them. Exactly. So remember, knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. By knowing the facts, you will have the confidence to help your clients realize their real estate goals, whether buying or selling or both with you. 
So monitor your mindset as your own market shifts. Even with the higher inventory and a little bit longer days in the market, there are still 45% fewer homes available versus pre-pandemic times, which remember, even pre-pandemic, it was still a hot seller's market. So ultimately, the way to explain today's shifting market is that it is simply normalizing. Yep giving buyers a bit more to choose from, sellers a few more days on the market, and agents a huge opportunity to upgrade your skills. It's all about setting expectations. So don't face the shift alone. Sign up for Premier Coaching today by simply going to members.timandjulieharris.com and get involved for free. So what we feel like, it's, what it appears to happen and what it certainly feels like it's going to happen is we are probably um, into, uh, there's probably gonna be one more fed rate increase. That's going to happen probably in the next 60 to 90 days. Will that, you know, dramatically affect mortgage interest rates? Probably not. Are, are we in a recession? Probably. Is there going to be a lot of, um, a, frankly, political pressure for the fed not to continue to increase interest rates? Absolutely. So what we might be looking at is the end of this uh, fed rate hike, uh, hike cycle. Now, what does that mean to you? It means that there's going to be some normalcy, to Julie's point, that's going to return to people's expectation about what's going to happen next for housing. People are going to calm down. People are going to focus. Now, we're coming into what the second half of the year, obviously, and you're going to be dealing with a lot of holidays. You're going to be dealing with a lot of people that are you know, taking themselves out of the market. Your, your usual annual slowdowns uh, are happening right now when kids go back to school. And then you're going to experience another one. This is kind of strange, but the week of Halloween is typically very slow for home showings. You guys will, you know, if you've not been in the market for a long time, I'm just foreshadowing what you're going to be experiencing. So don't overreact when you indeed find that for some reason people aren't uh, looking at houses in mass during Halloween. Yes. And then the market has a tendency to heat back up right after Halloween because a lot of people want to be in their new home before the end of the year, want to have Christmas or the holidays in their new home. Uh, but you will see another slowdown around Thanksgiving. I can't believe we're talking about the second half already. Isn't that I weird? Know, but it is sneaking up. It is. And then you will see another slowdown that's going to happen around Christmas. And Christmas usually lasts, I mean, obviously um, through New Year's. And after that, we think you're going to see an absolute housing boom. People will take their houses off the market. We have lots of scripts and objection handlers and lots of ways that you can convince folks to keep their homes on the market during the holidays. Because frankly, this year during the holidays is going to be an amazingly good time to have your house for sale because we're going to see some uh, some calm and uh, level heads return and to the economy on a whole. We're going to be past these crazy mid-year elections mid you know, mid-term. in November, midterm elections. So things are going to be a little bit calmer. So if you have a seller who's thinking about putting their house for sale and they absolutely have to sell, the fact is, is over the holidays, you're going to have some very motivated buyers that are really going to be out there wanting to purchase. Then you're what we're going to, what we expect to see leading into 2023 is we actually think provided what we just said is true with regards to rates and provided what we just said is true with regards to, uh, frankly, people's, um, you know, the sanity returning to the overall economy and the political uh, Mickey Mouse clearing out and people no longer being distracted. And, you know, really, again, to Julie's point, there's normalcy that's back in the mouth uh, in the market. Assuming all that's true, we really do feel like we're uh, the market's setting itself up for an enormous boom into 2023. That's what it feels like. Huge amounts of pending demand, um, huge amounts of, uh, real, relatively speaking, homes coming for sale. It just is going to be crazy. Make sure you are absolutely positively focused on becoming a listing agent because that's where the market velocity is going to happen. That's where you're going to be able to make the most money. And just to really drill down on that, 
as we go into the rest of the year, make sure you're paying attention specifically to expired listings. Expired listings across the country are really popping right now, and they're really going to increase over the next 60 to 90 days. So when you see all those expired, those are all listed, generally speaking, by agents that did not know how to position them correctly for a transitioning market. In other words, they overpriced them or didn't, you know, for something else, something else didn't match the market's expectation with regards to that listing. Go after those expired. You don't know how to do it, though, do you? Learn from becoming a Premier Coaching member. Guys, we give you scripts, objection handlers, presentations, everything you need to know to go after expires. Some of you messaged Julie and I through Instagram. It's at Tim and Julie Harris, uh, by the way. And you ask us what we would do if we were to get back into real estate. 100% of the time, I answer the same way. Uh, absolutely focus on expired. That would be the first thing we would do. Oh, I'm yeah. sure of it. And, you know, here's the thing. Especially I've, now. Especially now. And I have had agents who haven't had coaching on this. They don't really understand. They'll say things like, well, why would I want a listing that some other agent couldn't sell? Well, again, we've done dedicated podcasts on expires. We'll probably dust some of that and update it a little bit. We should. But here's the thing. From our coaching clients, it ranges anywhere from having uh, overblown rules and requirements. Like it's really hard to even see the house. That could be that simple. It could be terrible pictures. We've all seen those terrible little tiny iPhone pictures on the MLS. It could be an awful description. It could be aspirational pricing. Right. It could be many things. It does not mean that that seller doesn't want to sell in most cases. I had a coaching client tell me last week she took an expired and the seller said, you know what? We only had five showings and four of them said that we had to make our woodwork a little bit brighter. We didn't really know how to deal with that and our agent didn't help us. We would have done whatever it needed to take to actually sell this. Can you help us with that? It was that simple. The nice thing about expireds, to Julie's point, is the sellers are actually going to be more uh, amiable. Definitely more coachable. (laughs) More coachable. Yes. And they're going to be more, uh, you know, sensitive to the market conditions and pricing and all the rest of it. So listen, you want the answer? Expired listings. Want to know how to go after expired listings? Where to get the information? Where to get all the sources? What to say? How to say it? The listing presentation? The pre-qualification script? Obviously, join Premier Coaching. It's waiting for you. And the first level in Premier Coaching is 100% for free. So text the word Premier to 47372. And of course, um, expireds and knowing how to go after expired listings is just one of the really dozens of ways that we teach you how to do your own proactive lead generation. We focus primarily on teaching you guys to be listing agents because we know that's where, if you want to be in real estate for a long period of time, the old saying is, if you want to last in real estate, you have to learn how to be a listing agent. That is more true now than ever. And the best opportunity to become a listing agent is right now. You have to get your skill set together as we lead into what will be expired Palooza. And the expired Palooza, again, is going to be the natural, you know, frankly, what's going to happen as all these low-skilled agents are losing these listings because they didn't get them sold. We're entering in the time of the year when sellers just start taking them off the market, going to put it back for sale in the spring. You're going to know what to say and how to say it. Your biggest competitor when calling an expired listing is going to be the formal listing agent. But frankly, the formal listing agent didn't get it sold. So that's not really that big of a challenge when convincing the seller to list with you. Well, we have scripts for that too. Of course we do. So that's the point, guys. Take action where the action is to be taken. Knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Remember when texting message and data rates may apply. Julie, what are we picking? What's the subject for the rest of this week? Oh, we're talking all about... It's going to be a mystery. We'll tell you tomorrow. (laughs) Cliffhanger. (laughs) It's about lead generation, though. We'll tell you that much. So we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.